Founders face mentors and masters. I'm Captain Hawk, CEO of Founderspace, the leading global startup accelerator. I'm also author of the award-winning books, Make Elephants Fly, Surviving a Startup, and The Five Horses. I am here today with Tom Antion, podcast host and self-made multi-millionaire. Tom's claim to fame, or one of his many claims, is that he's never had a job in his life. I think some, that's something all of us would love to say. So Tom, welcome to the show, and I want you to tell us a little about your background. I will, and uh, it's good to see you, Steve. Um, uh, the one thing, though, I did apply for a job once, Steve. It, it said it had a, it's 401k. And I thought, man, that's a great starting salary, four hundred one thousand. <laughs> I, I didn't get that job, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So I've never had a job. I've always had my own business since before graduating from college. I had five apartment buildings and a hotel, starting from nothing, uh, in college. And I was a charter pilot. I uh, had a nightclub, which I would not recommend anybody doing because I was in gunfights and knife fights and. Uh, uh, bikers trying to kill me. Uh, then I flip-flopped. I had a practical joke company like uh, Candid Camera, and we did 4,000 custom-designed practical jokes in and around Washington, D.C. I did a 1,000 of them myself. And um, then I became a professional speaker, uh, an internet marketer in 1994 when the internet came along. That's when I, I jumped on that. And uh, then podcast, my podcast is called Screw the Commute, Basically, my bio looks like BS because I've never had a job and I've done all these things. So people are like, how could you possibly do it? Well, if you're not in the car making somebody else rich all day, then you can do a lot of things. I was a freelance charter pilot, just anything that which way I wanted to go, I just did. So tell us, how did you become this multimillionaire? Was it the apartments or was it, I heard you made a video that you sold for a huge amount of money? The apartments didn't do it. The apartments uh, came close to doing it. Uh, I was uh, I was in college and I was reading a book by William Nickerson long before No Money Down stuff was around. And I said, I could do this. And, uh, and it was um, how to make a million dollars out of a thousand dollars in real estate, something like that. But anyway, one of the techniques were, was to find somebody that owned a property free and clear and then uh, take it over and uh, without going to a bank. In other words, they held the mortgage back. So, so I impressed people. And this is part of the message I want to convey to everybody today about trying to be excellent in things. So I convinced these two lawyers to sell me their apartment buildings. And at the time they were renting per person in this college town. So, uh, and also at the time they were remodeling the seats in the stadium these wooden oak two by sixes full blast. I got a $10 circular saw from Kmart. I ripped them down the middle, made two by fours, converted the attic into another uh, thing so that I could put two more students in and made another 250 bucks a month. This is in the seventies. Okay. So, uh, and then just parlayed that parlayed that parlayed that. But the, the hotel story is the, probably the, the most telling of all. The, I was charging more in rent for the students than I was paying. So I was renting from somebody else. <laughs> okay, <laughs> And uh, the guy would come over and I'd say, he's putting gutters on. I say, hey, Frank, help, I'll, I'll help you do that. But you teach me what you're doing, right? He says, okay. 
the end of the semester, he comes over and he says, Tom, I want to talk to you. And I'm like, uh oh, what, what did I do? He said, I've been doing this 25 years renting to students in this town. And not once ever has one of the kids asked to help me, let alone want to learn something about it. He says, I want to retire and move to Florida. I have a hotel about 20 miles from here. I want you to have it. He says, if you can come up with the first mortgage, I'll hold back the second mortgage. You'll have no money down. And uh, it took me, now this is persistence. You had to go, uh, you know, uh, 50 places I went before I got landed the first mortgage. Uh, he took back the second. I was making $65,000 a year going down one day a week to pick up the rent checks and then sold the building to the city for hundreds of thousands back in the 70s. So, but the lesson is persistence to get that first mortgage. And the second lesson is give before you get. And it doesn't take much now to, to rise above the crowd because everybody wants to take before they give. Right? So, so those are some big lessons there that really changed, uh, changed my life. That's fantastic. And tell us a little about that video. I grew up very frugal, Steve. My dad came on a cattle boat from Syria as a three-year-old and had nothing. And when we grew up, I was he would buy used lumber and we'd have to haul it, take the nails out and straighten them out to reuse them. So I grew up very frugal. So I'm always looking for bargains. So when I wanted to make a video to produce about this company, I got estimates from thirty-six dollars to $55,000 for a, a, a video. And this is a, a like a, almost a half hour production you could play on TV. So it was a good quality. But I said, man, that's too much money. So I went and I found a film school graduate on um, uh, Craigslist that just wanted resume building items. So we shot footage like crazy. And it took her 200 hours to put it together because there was no plan. There was no storyboard. It was like, <laughs> and she did a beautiful job, 3000 bucks. And it's so far, it's brought in about $13 million. I didn't sell the video. It's brought in business about $13 million. Okay. And what uh, was the video about? Tell it me. was about my retreat center, which is a very unique training setting where people actually live an immersion weekend in the house with me to see the orders, how we do things, and uh, about our TV studio and about my mentor program, which kind of turned the guru world on its head because we charge an entry fee, but... Uh, I don't get my big money unless you make big money. And so that was totally foreign to all the big people trying to sell big money up front. And then they didn't care if you were successful. So, so that's what it's about. And people are like, wow, we want this. And 1,700 students later, it's still going strong. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> now, you're, you're quite a character. So in all these adventures you did, in all these projects, what were some of the key insights you learned that made you the person you are today? Uh, one of the main things I get asked this all the time is fairness. I'm always fair and uh, people know what to expect from me. All right. I'm a little bit bizarre. I admit, because I got a lot of crazy stuff going on, but when it comes to dealings, I know you and I were talking previously about dealing in China and how, Oh, that's just the start of the negotiations. I was like, ah, it drove me crazy because if I tell you something, it's going to happen. If there's a nuclear attack, I'm still going to do what I said I was going to do. And another thing was, is um, take care of other people. Uh, like the nightclub, you know, I was on my way to being a millionaire before I was 30. But then the drinking age went from 18 to 21 in a college town and wiped me out. I lost $400,000. This is in the mid 80s. And I said, you know what? My dad taught me better. I'm not going bankrupt. 
I went immediately to every creditor and I said, you know me, if you give me time, I will pay every nickel I owe you. Now they didn't have much choice because I <laughs> go bankrupt, <laughs> but, but, but every one of them said, if I went back to that town today, they would say, that's the guy that did not screw us over. So when you build that kind of reputation doors open because people know if something goes wrong, you will take care of them. I'm sure you're in, all the investors you deal with would love to know that about their their people they invest with. Yeah, every investor would love you if they knew they could give you give you millions of dollars and they couldn't lose. Like it was only an upside. Or but they, you know, they, you know, with my background, Steve, I'd say no, a million—that's crazy. I could do it for fifty thousand. Know, and so. then you don't need them, <laughs> right? So. You can do it yourself. So, you know, on this crazy path of life that you've been taking. Uh, tell us some other experiences you had that really taught you um, about yourself and about business. Well, let's see about uh, business is that I hate red tape. And so, you know, I have the only licensed, dedicated internet marketing school in the country. And as I look back, I mean, all the regulation and things and craziness that I have to go through to, and other consultants are just saying, well, just give us money. We'll be your coach. You know? So I went through all the red tape to set myself apart. And there's just some crazy things. Like for instance, I have to have a physical library for students for 12 years. Right? That's a distance learning school. Not one student has ever walked in the library. The books are all dusty. So it's like, ah, after all this regulation, I'm dealing with the recertification now every year. And so, but it is setting me apart and I'm building an entity that's helping a lot of people. So I'm happy about it, but avoid red tape if you can help it. I actually wrote a book one time, Steve, called The One Sentence Business Plan. If mm. every business on earth would just live by this sentence, they would... They, would, they wouldn't have to spend a million dollars on a mission statement that none of their employees, you know, use. So here's my one sentence. I create quality products at a reasonable price that people actually want, and I service them after the sale. That works for every business. That's what I'm saying. How could you go wrong with that, right? So, um, so I should be using that. Simple. Oh, founders think. If you do this, you're done. Exactly. You don't have to spend $100,000 on a consultant to tell you something like, yes, we at First National stick up the butt bank, believe in good customer service. Oh, yeah. Well, you didn't tell the teller that today for some reason. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a severe. I keep things extremely simple to the point that you wouldn't believe it. It's so simple. So you're all about simplicity. I am, too. Like simplicity and automation. When I, you know, I help a lot of small businesses. And the, by the time they pay me a lot of money to talk to me and 20 minutes later, they can't get the password to get into something they want to show me. <laughs> you know, so a RoboForm and 1Password and all these tools that the geeks that you know out in Silicon Valley invented so us idiots can work faster. <laughs> so uh, I take advantage of all that kind of stuff. Just one of the tips, uh, and I wrote a book on this that I give away, uh, just save me seven and a half million keystrokes. Save me carpal tunnel syndrome. Just a $20 thing. It's called shortkeys.com uh, for the PC, and it's uh, called uh, Keyboard Maestro for the Mac. You're crazy if you and all your employees aren't using this. You're just crazy. Why should you pay them a lot of money to make typos and mistakes on stuff that you do repetitively? So it allows me to steal customers ethically from people that are just too darn slow to get back to people. I'm like lightning fast. That and is so brilliant. Everything on your, your computer and your Mac 
or your PC is automated. Yeah, I computer. wouldn't say everything, but the thing is, is if you even do a little bit, you're going to go way faster than you are now and be less frustrated. And there's only so much psychic energy in a day, Steve. So I want it selling stuff and taking care of customers, not fighting with the freaking computer, you know? So, so I use these techniques like crazy and some of them are free, cheap, right in front of your eyes. Uh, you know, nobody can know what all these computers will do, but if you just use a little bit more than you're using now, boom, you'll, you'll thank it. It seems like you've had a charmed life. Like it's just been amazing. <laughs> now, did you face any really tough challenges? And if so, how did you overcome them? Yeah, it's, uh, you're pretty charmed when bikers are trying to shoot you at night in the parking <laughs> lot. Yeah, I agree with you, Steve. I Silver spoon, you know, I, I waved the spoon to distract them so they didn't hit me. Um, I was, uh, you know, way overweight as a kid. I, uh, I was 140 pounds in first grade. All right. Oh my goodness. Can you even imagine that? You're lucky if you're a buck 50 yourself. All right. So, uh, so I had a lot to overcome and luckily my dad, uh, was really great. Uh, in the, he encouraged me, encouraged me. And I got into midget football at, I was six feet, 220 pounds at 12 years old. I'm the one that they made the rule now of 150 pound maximum because <laughs> If we had the score, they just give me the ball, even though I was a lineman and all these little kids are hanging off of me as I'm walking down. The field. That's uh, hilarious. Yeah. And so I got, uh, I got really into sports and I, uh, uh, my dad, oh, this is another lesson I, I'd like to convey is, uh, is excellence. My dad taught me to be excellent. I remember vividly, he was an electrician by trade, watching him wire a board and he was making the wires go perfectly lined up and all that. And I said, dad, why don't you just cut across the angle and save some money with the wire? Oh my God. I I'm getting goose pimples. Just thinking about it. I vividly remember him looking at me with daggers in his eyes. He says, don't you ever, ever uh, cut a few pennies off of something uh, and not be professional. He said, you run, when somebody looks at this years from now, they'll know a professional did it. And if anything goes wrong, they'll be able to track it. Don't you ever, uh, you know, trade money for professionalism. <laughs> okay, dad. <laughs> and that's the way I've, I've kind of lived my life. And uh, everything I do, I go to the nth degree. And what happens is, is when you are excellent at something, other people notice. And so a way in business is that, and my, the way mine tracked is that, okay, I wanted to be excellent at wrestling fourth in the state pennsylvania hotbed for wrestling wanted to be excellent at football football scholarship top 20 school i wanted to uh, uh fly airplanes i went and gave before i got i hung out at the airport and flew all over the country for free changed planes every which way got excellent they hired me for a lot of money per hour i just went on and on i wanted to be a great public speaker after my my entertainment stint I didn't know anything about, I knew how to entertain, but I didn't know how professional things were. I, I've got 200 books on that uh, now, and I became great. Then people started asking me to teach them. And then the internet came along. I said, I'm going to figure this out. I figured it out, became great at it. People noticed, and now I'm Mr. Internet Goop. So it just was on and on and on from my dad back here. See this picture back here, Steve, is... Um, when I was, uh, did you ever hear, uh, you've heard of Johnny Cash, right? Oh, of course. Okay. Well, he wrote a song named A Boy Named Sue. And it was about an old drunk cowboy who 
figured he wouldn't be around to raise his kids. So he named him Sue. So he'd have to scrap and crawl and get tough. Right. Well, my dad was 50 when he had me. And so he figured he wouldn't be around to raise me. So from the time I could crawl, this is what this thing is. We had a, uh, like a memorial to him. He would put obstacle. He put a pillow in front of me and put my toys on the other side to teach me how to overcome obstacles from the time I could crawl. To this day, I'm unstoppable. Now, I won't cheat anybody or step on them to get where I'm going. But if you tell me I can't do something, another lesson for your folks, doesn't mean crap. It means they can't do something. Doesn't mean I, it has nothing to do with me. So uh, that's another good lesson. But he taught he, from the time I was a baby. And uh, uh, parents nowadays, I beg you, put some pressure on your kids. Put some pressure on them. Don't let them up here crying in, in, in these rooms, hugging teddy bears. You know, make them tough. <laughs> Yeah, they're these helicopter parents. They're so <laughs> overprotective of their kids. Oh, my they, goodness. They won't allow them to fall or trip or have any problem. I mean, and these are very smart people. It's just that they, they're just so uh, mesmerized by the child and the world around them. They protect them too much, not thinking a little bit further that that kid's going to be on their own pretty soon and not be able to handle these kinds of things that life throws at you. And boy, they, they throw them at you. So in fact, uh, the silver spoon, I've got so many bruises from it hitting me in the head. All the time. Yeah. Yes. I know a lot of parents I've talked to and they are like, Oh, I've got to go. I've got to help my kids with their homework. Like they're <laughs> always helping their kids with their homework, like trying to make them do it right. I'm like, how are they going to figure out how to do it themselves? What you're teaching the kid is the wrong lesson. They should learn to be self-sufficient. Like they have to figure it out. That's life. Nobody's you know, going to come in and solve all your problems. You know, one of my products, uh, there, I have a website called Fatso Tennis because I teach people how to make their hobbies legitimately tax deductible. So I'm the largest person ever to create and star in a tennis training video. <laughs> it's called Fatso Tennis. I'm playing and eating pizza at the same time. So it's kind of funny, crazy, but I was at a, you know, you pick up games at the tennis court sometimes. So this kid on the tennis team, said, oh, I'll hit some with you. Like he's going to just run the hell out of this big fat guy. So I'm running him to death. I'm just killing him. He's getting mad, smashing his racket down. His mother happens to be there and he walks off the court. He, I'm tearing him up so bad. And the mother's chasing him. It's okay, Joey. It's okay. Joey. If I'd have done that when I was a kid, I'd been running laps till I was 40 years old right, for walking off the court, you know? So, um, so please, parents, make their kids tough and it'll pay off. They won't have to come home and live with you. They've actually done studies now. And that whole myth about self-esteem, you know, you need to boost the kid's self-esteem. It's actually a myth. It's not actually true. Oh, my God. The trophy. Give them the trophy, right, for showing up, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so let me talk about this. Speaking of myths, you know, there are a lot of myths out there in business and in how people live their lives. What are some of the ones you can and pop? Well, it's kind of in your field uh, in that, you know, I, I said that um, a lot of these uh, these big companies and, and investors throw way too much money at stuff that doesn't need that much money. Uh, and like I said, I got Best of the Web and Inc. magazine on a $600 website that today would cost me $150, be three other million dollar websites. It was a blind test. And the panel of CEOs say, well, why did this guy win? Well, it was, uh, his site was easy to get around and we could find what we wanted fast. That's all the CEO people that had these massive purse strings cared about is that they could find what they wanted fast. Tom, I know you do a lot for charity. 
and you have a great organization yourself, I'd like you to tell a little about the charities you're working on and then wrap it up by telling us where people can find you. I've always thought that my school and, and the things that I do on the internet with digital marketing and all everything remote, I haven't been on a plane in two years, thrilled to death, just sitting here with my dogs and selling stuff. So I've always thought that this is perfect for people with uh, mobility problems. When the pandemic hit, if there is a silver lining for me uh, in it and for people I'm helping, it's that people got the idea that you could work from home. I've been preaching it for 23 years. I haven't set foot out of the house, basically, other than to speak somewhere. And so now people are saying, oh, I guess you can work from home. I didn't know that. <laughs> so it's kind of mainstream now. So I thought this is the time for me to strike. And so I made a GoFundMe account to, uh, not because I had to, it's because I wanted participation. I wanted a lot of noise going on to help these people with physical disabilities. And boy, I, I got a surprise. First two people were blind that applied, which was like, oh man, I wasn't expecting that. And now it's making me grow and that I have to make the thing accessible better than I had previously for people with a sight impairment. That's pretty much it. I'm going to change their lives permanently. And we have a GoFundMe account set up for it. And uh, part of the money is going to be to hire persons with disabilities to help run the program and keep working on our accessibility and, and moving it up and up so everybody on earth can take advantage of this. And then once I prove the concept, it's give before you get. Remember that concept? I'm going to prove the concept with five people, either get them hired in good jobs or get them to start their own business or both. And then I'm going to roll it out really big and go for some big funding. And maybe you can help me figure that out. So where can people find your GoFundMe? What's the name of it? It's in the Internet Marketing Training Center of Virginia. So it's imtcva.org slash disabilities. And where can they find you? Me? They should just go to screwthecommute.com. And we've, uh, we're hitting close to 500 episodes. Screwthecommute.com leads to pretty much everything. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you liked it, hit the subscribe button and share it with your friends. You can help us create more great content by subscribing and sharing. Also, if you want to access our online startup program, our investor network, and our entrepreneur resources, just come to founderspace.com.